Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Bonus scoop time with our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and also Scoop Podcast Frame here for Score North. Zolgad with you, as well as executive producer Declan Goff. And uh, Dukes, it's getting exciting. Thursday is the NBA trade deadline. The Wolves, I think, are expected to be active. We don't know how active potentially. What are you hearing on that front as uh, we're a couple days away from that deadline? Hi, Judd. Hi, Declan. Yeah, deadline Thursday, 2 o'clock Central. The latest name, Judd, is Montrez Harrell, Washington Wizards. What I can tell you is the Wolves and Wizards definitely have talked. When I say new name, that's a name that hasn't been out there doesn't mean the Wolves are on the cusp of trading for Harrell. More often than not, most trades talked about never happen. Although, like I saw somebody the other day allude to the Powell-Covington trade with those two landing in Los Angeles with the Clippers, how that was never rumored. How a lot of trades that happen are never out there. I disagree. Look at this morning. C.J. McCollum ends up in New Orleans. That chatter was out there for many, many days. So. Oftentimes, trades do happen when there is scuttlebutt. The Wolves, it appears, Judd, are looking more so for rebounding help, not shooting help. They have the number one offense in the NBA since January 3rd, but the rebounding needs work. So if they can come up with some sort of piece that can help them, I told you what, on Thursday, 85% chance. I base that just on Sachin Gupta, the Wolves' final decision maker, being so active, making so many calls, sending so many text messages that I would think one of these conversations would lead to eventual action. If they do do something, if I end up being right on that likelihood, I would look for it to be a minor deal, not necessarily a major deal, and it would be more so for rebounding help than shooting help. Interesting. So um, if, if they made a trade like that, uh, Darren, that would allow what? Cat to play up high more a little bit with, with comfort and and provide a presence below the basket? Would would that would that sort of go hand in hand with helping Carl Anthony Towns? Well, sure. You could certainly help Carl Anthony Towns a number of ways. Harrell, yeah. I mean, Harrell is going to play down low. There's some interest in Nurkic from Portland. Now, the thought is even though it looks like Portland is blowing things up, like I just don't see how Damian Lillard mm-hmm. is going to be open to all this. Even though I actually like this McCullum trade for them, don't know if I like the Powell-Covington trade, but I do like this McCullum trade for Portland. 
but the word is Portland now with all this cap space plans on, you know, running this thing back with some additions in the summer uh, being competitive next year. So I think at this point, it looks like they keep Nurkic, re-sign him. He'll be a free agent this summer, but that's another guy. But yeah, I mean, if you add somebody of that ilk, Harrell, Nurkic, yeah, it certainly would allow Carl some flexibility to not always be down low, give him a chance, some pick and roll opportunities up top. You know, certainly him, you know, putting the ball on the floor. I mean, he can attack so many different defenders, get to the basket, get to the free throw line. So, yeah, if you acquire somebody like that, it certainly would help Carl. Phil brought up the name Thaddeus Young coming back. Well, Hoops Hype. Yeah, Yeah, so Hoops Hype had the initial steam this morning about the Wolves and Spurs having dialogue where Torian Prince and a second-round pick would end up in San Antonio Young would end up here. The Wolves do have three second-round picks in June. So it would be relatively easy for the Wolves to move a second-round pick. Those second-round picks oftentimes have decent value. My comeback to that one would be, and I trust the initial steam that there has been dialogue, Wolves and Spurs. Me personally, Judd, I'm not moving Prince for Thaddeus Young. That doesn't make you better. I think that makes you worse. You know, so you can make a case. I mean, if that's, you know, like literally the only opportunity to make a trade, just keep it as is. Status quo. Like, you don't have to make a trade. My comeback to that, though, is, and I was texting with somebody with the Wolves. He actually brought this point up. I was asking for an update on some trade talk. He then came back to me and said, it would be nice if we can end up doing something because the fear is those two L.A. teams in the play-in tournament. That if you end up as, let's say, the seventh seed, you open up against the L.A. Clippers. Maybe Kawhi Leonard isn't back. You know, I brought that name up the last couple of weeks. At this point, it looks like Kawhi probably not back. Paul George, maybe. But let's go on the idea that, yes, that, that they acquire Powell, they acquire Covington, that Paul George will be able to come back. So let's say it's a 7-8 matchup. Wolves-Clippers at target center. Well, I'm just saying, like, the Clippers can win that game. All right, so then if you're the Wolves, you play the winner of the 9-10 game. That right now could absolutely be the Lakers and the Pelicans. Now, I'm not quite sure Zion Williamson is coming back, but the Pelicans now with C.J. McCollum, are they a little bit of a fear? Maybe not, so maybe the Lakers win that game. Okay, so then LeBron and A.D. come to target center. Winner gets the eighth seed makes the playoffs, loser goes home. And if you make the playoffs, you're probably opening up against Phoenix. Like to me, find a path, Judd, to that six seed, right? Right. Six seed. You avoid the play-in tournament. You probably get Memphis. Now, Memphis has been great. You know, we've sung the Wolf praises since early January. Memphis has the same, if not a better record since early January. Look at Memphis's total body of work. For this year. I mean, Memphis deserves all sorts of praise. That being said, I would take my chances in a best of seven Wolves against Grizzlies. That is best case scenario. So if you add some rebounding help, I think it's a somewhat favorable schedule, Judd, the rest of the way. It's not a difficult schedule. I can tell you that much the rest of the way for the Wolves. So can they find a way to make up the ground? I don't know what it is right this second. Denver did get the win the other day against the Nets. Is it two? Is it one and a half? Is it two and a half? Maybe Declan can look it up real quick. But it's possible. Like, we can't 
eliminate the possibility of the Wolves jumping over the Nuggets. Maybe it's only a 30% chance or a 25% chance, but it's not like it's a 2% chance or a 1% chance. So that should be the goal. So if you're Sachin Gupta, you are trying to find a way to help the roster while not subtracting too much where you can somehow leapfrog the Denver Nuggets. I still look at that Jake Lehman expiring contract. I look at these second-round picks. Yeah, I think Gupta, for the right trade, Judd, is willing to put the 2022 first-round pick on the table. But I would think you can bring in some rebounding help by moving that Lehman expiring contract plus one or two second-round picks. Two games, or excuse me, one game back of the sixth seed, Jude uh, uh, Dukes, and then two and a half games back of the fifth seed right now in the Western Conference for the Wolves. Yeah, and I don't know if you're catching Dallas. Right. But I think leapfrogging Denver, mm-hmm. getting to that sixth seed, like, that's realistic, Declan. That's yeah. very realistic. So, yeah, I mean, find a way. I mean, I just, I know this. Gupta has been incredibly active. I can't tell you, comparatively speaking, if he's been the most active president of operations or, you know, final decision maker. He doesn't have that title quite yet. Right. But I just know he's been really, really active. Now, I know Washington has been really, really active. Clearly, Portland has been really, really active. He's reached out to a number of teams. Like, you know, I've mentioned the relationships he has with guys like Stone in Houston, McNair in Sacramento, Maury in Philadelphia. But he's touched base with a number of others. He absolutely has talked with Detroit. I don't think there's any traction with anything in Detroit. But he absolutely has talked with Detroit. 100%, I mentioned Harold. 100%, he's had conversations with with Washington. And I can promise you he's had conversations with a number of other front offices. So. This is great stuff, and I love it, and and trades are fun, and I applaud the amount of uh, speculation, Dukes, that is being floated around. But let me ask you this from a boring old man perspective. How important is chemistry here? Because this team seems to play like a team. There there seems to be a chemistry. Now, now if, if Jake is traded, it's fine. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying when, when we talk about uh, Prince – we have previously, although not today, talked about Bev. When we're talking about guys who are actually playing and contributing, how, how much does uh, Gupta, and to a certain point, I'm sure Finch, have to keep in mind that this team has formed a bond or chemistry that appears to be clicking? And I cannot say that for a lot of previous Wolves teams. Agree. It's a factor. But winning solves it all. Sure. Let's just say Brad Stevens in Boston said, okay, I'll give you Marcus Smart. Give me Malik Beasley and a lightly protected, you know, with protection, lightly protected, your 2022 first-round pick. I don't need Jaden McDaniels. I'll do that trade. I really need shooting. I think that pick will convey. I'll take my chances on pick 15, 16, 17 in this draft. So I'll take your first-round pick. I'll take Malik Beasley because we need all this shooting help. I'll give you Marcus Smart. Do I think such a trade? Now, I don't think that trade is happening, although I've cited the interest in Marcus Smart. But Judd, hypothetically, that trade happens. You mean to tell me all of a sudden that locker room is going to go to bleep? Oh, like, no, no, no. No way. It wouldn't. He, it just easily it would can be not. traded. Agree completely. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it depends on whom. Thaddeus Young was here previously. Still knows some people in the organization, maybe not necessarily in that locker room, sure. outside of a guy or two. But, like, Thaddeus Young, A-plus human being. Mm-hmm. So, even though Tori and Prince, like, super popular. Like, I don't think Thaddeus Young, and again, I don't see that trade happening because I think he would get worse, not better. But hypothetically, the Wolves wanted to do that trade. Prince to San Antonio, 
a second round pick to San Antonio, Thaddeus Young here. Like, I don't think Thaddeus Young is, is disrupting things. I really don't. I think where it would be interesting, Judd, is if you somehow complete a relatively big trade where, let's say, Jared Vanderbilt is no longer in the starting lineup. Now, that right. skill set, that energy translates to coming off the bench. Right. He could still finish games in many instances, always dependent on matchups, but he could certainly be in at the end of games. He just wouldn't start games. But could something like that disrupt the chemistry? That's something I would I would keep an eye on. That's but my point. If you're making yeah. a minor deal, and I'm telling you, I still put the likelihood more so on a minor deal, not a major deal. So more so somebody that's going to come off the bench, somebody that will play, but that will come off the bench. I don't think that'll disrupt things at all. I really don't. Where do you fall, Dukes, as far as, as this team goes as well on on how you feel about their arc or track right now? Because it feels to, to me in watching this team, they're certainly not complete. And and they've got and they've got um issues that still probably uh have to be addressed and solved. I get all that. But this is as I don't know what the word I'm looking for excited as I have been about how this franchise looks from a basketball perspective in a long time. Is that pie in the sky because we try to have hope about this woebegone franchise? Or do you think that that's a legitimate thing that they really do look like with Finch's coaching roster construction and when Ant is good, he's not, you know, he's not yet consistent enough, but when things are going well, do you think that it's fair that there is an excitement about this team that probably has not been felt in a long time across the board? Well, I think it's fair. When you say long time, though, what was your excitement level when the Jimmy Butler trade happened? It, because that really wasn't that long ago. It was high, but here's the problem. So so the Butler team that made the playoffs was fun, but it didn't take a rocket scientist to look at the locker room and things and see that there was not necessarily a chemistry and, mm-hmm. and, and a, they, they didn't, they weren't really a team. They, they plucked, they plucked a star player who was fun to cover. He was completely insane. Um, but like cat, the, the chemistry with cat, it, it was crystal clear. Doogie didn't work. So I guess my feeling is that this is the first time in a long time that it feels like the wolves are clicking as a team. And not with with like one guy who is who is Butler, and then Cat comes along. Um, that never felt nearly as cohesive as this does. Yeah, I agree with that. I That's mean, my point. It's drama free here. Yes. When's the last time we've been able to say that? And you look across the league, all sorts of drama in LA with the Lakers, all sorts of drama in Brooklyn with the Nets. There's been a lot of drama here over the years. It's a drama league. There is no drama. It's unfortunate for us. We want storylines, yeah. right? We like the juiciness. Yeah, we do. But if you're the Wolves, you're loving things right now. It's kumbaya over at Mayo Clinic Square. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I agree with that. As far as trajectory, like, I don't know. Like, Judd, like next year, I think New Orleans is going to be better. I don't know what happens with Damian Lillard. I don't know what the long-term future is, or at least the next two years future of the LA Lakers, but I still think they'll be pretty competitive. You look at the landscape in the Western Conference, Jamal Murray will be back next year. Michael Porter Jr. will be back. So are you better than Denver? Are you going to be better 
than Dallas. San Antonio is going to have cap space. I still wonder what the long-term vision is in San Antonio, but the Western Conference isn't slowing down. So I think you're good. But are you good enough to win a playoff series? Get to the final four in the Western Conference. I still have some trepidation on that front. I still think the roster needs work. You know, shortest roster in the NBA. You know, so that's where some of the rebounding deficiencies come into play. Sure. You know, the offense, I think this is closer to what the offense is. And Chris Finch, you know, bright offensive mind. I don't know if they're the number one offense in the NBA, but they have been for the better part of five weeks. I don't know the totality of 82 games if this is the number one offense, but I always thought this was a top 10 offense. Wasn't sure if it would be a top 10 defense. We've seen the defense falter going back a few weeks, but the roster still needs work. You know, you still wonder about right now, Carl Anthony Towns is the alpha because you're right. I mean, you were there on Sunday for the Detroit game. Anthony Edwards still a little too inconsistent. And I know some people are upset that Anthony Edwards didn't make the all-star team. That's fine. If you want to have that argument, Murray of the Spurs gets in. Was it a favorite of pop? You know, you can compare the stats, look at wins and losses. Wolves have a better record than San Antonio. So that's fine. If you believe Murray, not an all-star Edwards an all-star, but like, I can also make a case Edwards, not an all-star quite yet will be one day, just not quite there yet. So right now, Carl Anthony Towns is the alpha. I still think there are some question marks about how far a team can go when Cat is the alpha. Now, can Anthony Edwards in a year or two become that alpha? I think that's entirely possible. And maybe that changes things. I think they're good. I just wonder about the ultimate ceiling. Is the ceiling of that of a team that can make the playoffs but doesn't do anything in the playoffs? That would be my fear with this current core. Dukes, what do you make of um – of Delo's comments calling the quiet ass fans that he dropped in his post game on, I believe that was Sunday afternoon. And I believe he even quote tweeted because, because John Krasinski wrote a nice piece about it in the athletic that, Hey, you know, Delo, the wolves will stand once you give them a team kind of worth cheering for consistently. And Delo even quote tweeted the Jim Peterson article and said, Hey Jim, I'm just challenging our fans to adjust to this special team. If that's not too much to ask from here on from here on standing until we score to start the game. That would be cool. I love all y'all. Peace. Uh, what do you make of, of Delo's comments about the quiet-ass fans, I guess, uh, at Target Center with the Wolves? I appreciate his honesty. I'm not bothered yeah. by his comments. It is interesting that he makes those comments after a Sunday 2.30 start. Yeah. Like, that's a weird start time. <laughs> Detroit stinks. So, like, I can understand, Judd, you were there Sunday. I was not they there didn't play Sunday. Well. The Wolves but, didn't play well. Yeah, either. and the Wolves didn't play well for, you know, good portions of that game. So the fans need a reason to stand up and cheer. But I just think Sunday 2.30 is a weird start time sure. to really have fans bring energy. Plus, you look at opponent. So I'm not overly surprised it was dead in there for a good portion of Sunday. But I've been to three or four games this year. I thought the energy I was there for the Warriors game a few Sundays ago on January 16th. I thought the energy was pretty darn good. It stunk that Steph Curry had to miss that one game. He missed one game. That was the one game. He returns that Tuesday out in San Francisco, got hurt the previous game in Chicago. I was hoping he might fight through. So there were a lot of people upset that Curry didn't play. Draymond Green also didn't play. But the Wolves played incredibly well that night, ended up winning by double digits. I thought the energy in the building on that Sunday night was pretty darn good. I was there in November for a Clippers game. The Wolves blew a 20-point lead. Yeah, I thought 
you know, it got quiet, but that was based on how the Wolves were playing. When the Wolves went up 47 to 27, I thought the energy was pretty good. But Declan, I'm telling you, I, I am not overly bothered by D'Angelo Russell's comments. I think for the most part, it's been a pretty quiet crowd. But I understand if a fan says, hey, like, I need a reason to cheer. You know, I can manufacture some energy, but the team needs to help in that regard. So I understand both sides. But I'm just telling you to answer your question Mm -hmm. very directly, the Russell comments do not bother me at all. So his uh, his comments in that postgame on Sunday, too, were born out of a question that was about Pat Bev and what Pat Bev brings intensity-wise. And I'm going to tell you this right now, and it's why I think Pat Bev is so important. You know who was wired up for a, for a 2-30 start? You know who was go, go, go? You know who was in people's faces? Pat Bev. He might be nuts. I don't know. But I know this. He brings an intensity and and a a constant stream of coaching and critique and and um, uh, screaming at officials half the time and basically trying to talk to, to them in a very civilized way. Uh, I think that D'Lo and Cat too, but I think that these guys are reacting as well to what Pat Bev brings. And, and Doogie, on this team, and we talked about this with uh, Phil on the show yesterday, I think this is the first time since Garnett, really, that we have seen a guy in a Wolves jersey who is wired like this. And I'm going to tell you right now, this this franchise, this team, and this fan base needed and needs a guy like this because he brings a certain charisma that for far too long was completely lacking with the Wolves. I love it. That's why I see him here beyond Thursday. I see him here beyond this year, even though he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. I know that extension talks haven't gone, maybe as Bev would have hoped, but I think because there's mutual interest, both sides would like to get an extension done. I still foresee that happening. I know his name has been out there. Heck, I think I first brought it up a week or two ago, you know, in this spot, but I still would not expect Patrick Beverly to be moved. The Wolves realize everything you just laid out. So I fully expect him to be here come Friday. Doogie, he he actually complained. So he got fouled near where we sit on Sunday. He was driving on the baseline, okay? He got fouled. They called it. They called it. He looked at the official and said something like, that guy can't stop me, don't call that. He basically was complaining. It was marvelous. I loved it. He told the official, don't call a foul on the guy who fouled me because I'm driving towards the damn basket. Like, think about that for a second. How refreshing is that? How fun is that? It is refreshing. Now, I'm laying out, yeah, best case scenario, Wolves-Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, Bev, checking John Moran at times would be fun. But how much fun would it be Wolves-Suns, Bev checking Chris Paul? Oh, God. Oh, again? that would be great. Oh, yeah, my like, God. Again, yeah, exactly. So it's a yeah, shame. From a storyline standpoint, Wolves' sons would not be a bad thing. It's a crime that Pat Bev d- did not play in the same era as John Starks because you would have had bench-clearing Wolves' Knicks brawls on a nightly. It would have been fantastic. Yeah, Vikings, I love them. Yeah. Vikings, what, what can you t- tell us about um, what we got the report from the report after the Pro Bowl on the postgame show from Schefter on Sunday, and then Jeremy Fowler with a very similar report uh, via Twitter on Monday that that 
Kevin O'Connell is a Kirk Cousins fan, that there was a push uh, for, hey, I'd love to work with Kirk. Are we buying this? Because personally, I think this this comes from some someone with an agenda, the Vikings or perhaps Kirk's reps. It seems to me that it's a little too convenient that two insiders from the same network are reporting the same thing when there's probably a lot of questions that need to still be answered. Well, and even Joe Theismann, Washington football legend. I caught up with Joe last Thursday for the latest Scoop podcast, Judd. He knows people. He knows things. He has a good relationship with Kirk. He knows Kevin pretty well. He was trying to sell me both on mic and off mic. Kirk Cousins is going to be the Vikings quarterback in 2022. So I can't completely dismiss when somebody of that caliber is saying, hey, you need to trust me on this. That being said, I will be shocked. I fully expect Quasey to listen. It'll begin in Indianapolis March 1st at the Combine. I think he's going to listen. That doesn't mean that a trade is for sure happening. I know I'm on record predicting a trade. Mm -hmm. I base that in large part on what took place in 2021. You know, him not getting the vaccine, rubbing some people the wrong way. You know, I heard it went all the way as high as, as ownership. So that he upset enough people. And we know something needs to happen with that contract. He can't be here with a $45 million cap hit. So admittedly, I'm reading the tea leaves from last year a bit, but also fully acknowledging Quasi, Kevin are going to have a say. I think Fowler is probably spot on that O'Connell spoke somewhat glowingly, if not fully glowingly about Kirk Cousins. We had heard that Jim Harbaugh was on the Cousins bandwagon, you know, so we know that Jim, you know, we feel pretty confident saying Jim Harbaugh was all about keeping Kirk Cousins. So, you know, Jeremy said many of the coaches, if not all the coaches who interviewed, at least initially via Zoom, expressed optimism with Kirk Cousins as this team's quarterback. But I still think Quasey is going to listen. I really, really do believe that. What's your best guess, uh, ideally, about what they can get? First round pick, you think? Because I, I, I think, think that's aggressive. I think it's aggressive, but I think that there's a chance. I, I think if, if you can, there's going to be so much competition. You got Carolina, you got Denver potentially, you got Pittsburgh, uh, Tampa. There's a list of teams that I think are probably convinced that they can that they can win in 22. Um, so I think it's aggressive. But I think if you look at the Stafford trade, that, that there's parallels. Now I I think Stafford is better than Kirk, so I prefer Stafford. Uh, but that being said, I think there would be some teams that think if we just get Kirk, uh, but basically what the Vikings philosophy was back in 2018. Well, I mean, I suppose if Philly gets a first round pick for Wentz, right? right, You should be able to get a first round pick for Kirk. By the way, that reminds me, Judd, it wasn't talked about very much outside of maybe the three of us, but that there was some kicking of tires, Vikings and Rams, before that Stafford trade was made. So we even yes. go back to like this time last year. Yes. Before the vaccine conundrum and, and you know some other stuff that took place that the Vikings were at least somewhat open-minded to moving on. So that's, you know, that's again where, you know, it's a prediction. I don't know. Let me make this very clear. I don't know with 100% certainty if Kirk is getting traded or not getting traded. It is very much a prediction. I'm a stubborn SOB. I was a stubborn SOB on be. Kevin O'Connell. You should okay, be stubborn. We ended up being right on that one. I may end up being wrong on, on Cousins. That Cousins is here in 2022. That Theismann is right. Schefter is right. 
Fowler is right, I may be wrong. Uh, but I made the prediction, so I don't think I should necessarily backtrack, right? Yeah. Like, why backtrack no. it at this point? But yeah, admittedly, like I'm, I'm trying to read some tea leaves based on some history, based on some people that remain at, at TCO Performance Center. But I'm not dismissing the possibility that that he remains in purple. March of 21, there's no question. The Vikings had discussions, and it was Spielman with the Rams, San Fran, pre-Trey Lance, about trading Kirk. What I heard was that it was actually ownership that laid down on the tracks and said something like, and I'm, I'm guessing here, but that they said, you told us this guy could win a Super Bowl and this team should be good, and now you're going to trade him? And I think the fear was at that time, you can't find a quarterback because that was not Rick's strength. So, Dukes, there's no question, and it, it sounds like people now who knew about it but wouldn't talk about the time are talking about that fact. So it's interesting. Um, I just think that in Kirk, with where Kirk is at, it makes perfect sense for both sides right now to to spread the word nationally, perhaps in, in exchange for a scoop on Tuesday, that that, hey, look, Kirk Cousins is set there. He's great because that's going to drum up. Oh, teams are like, oh, really? Well, well can we talk about Kirk? So yes. I, I think what Schefter and Fowler did is an old school through an agent and or the team negotiating ploy. And look, in their defense, you ain't going to get the scoop on the trade un- unless you do something beforehand for the people that want the the misinformation out. Like, this is how it works, which Correct. you know perfectly. Like, oh, you've yeah. done this. Please and put yeah, this out there. Guilty as charged. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm not even faulting people. You know, I'm just saying yeah, before you read yeah. before you read uh, what Fowler tweeted and think, okay, Kirk Cousins is set. Understand, this is the long game, and I'm with you. Guilty is charged. I'm not casting aspersions, but we also need to see the game for what the game is. Yes, there is gamesmanship here. I just I wonder deep down. Quasi gets a four year deal. I'm awaiting terms on the O'Connell contract. We know it'll be at least four years, probably mirrors Quasey's contract, but maybe Kevin ends up with a five-year contract. But with a four-year contract for the general manager, is he really going to stake multiple years on Kirk Cousins? If there's ever a time no. to reset at that position, yes, the time is, is now. I'll also add, you know, Fowler used to cover the Vikings here in town for the Pioneer Press, so he still knows people within the organization. I've been wrong plenty, but he was wrong on the Jim Caldwell Vikings news from a couple weeks ago. So, you know, and trust me, I'm wrong enough, too. I'll continue to be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But I'm just saying, yeah, and it goes with stuff I put out, right? Like, if some fan wants to say, yeah, I don't believe you, that's fine. You know, it's possible. Journalism one-on-one, why is this person lying to me? I ask that very question all the time. But, yeah, there's definitely a gamesmanship. And I'm just... Jeff, I'm telling you, I would be shocked if we don't get wind of of some chatter. Maybe the Vikings aren't initiating that chatter, but chatter out of Indianapolis one month from now, just before one month from now, that at the Combine, Cousins' name is being bandied about. Final scoop, sir. What else you got? I'm trying to think what the heck else I have. I had a bunch of stuff, and I meant to write it down, and I didn't. Plays you injuries. Get, you're Former old. Gophers offensive lineman is in – for the combine, he did not play last week in the in the Shrine game. Uh, ended up hurting. I tweeted what happened. Was it his hammy? 
it's a minor. It's a grade one. He'll be fine for, for the combine. Uh, McKinley Wright got hurt in a G League game, Champlain Park High School, Iowa Wolves star. Uh, ended up, uh, his hand, his arm got caught in, in the jersey of, of an opponent. Ow. Ended up hurting his, his wrist. So he's in a splint for for two-ish weeks. So he won't play for, for a couple weeks, but not a not a long-term injury. I'm trying to think what else. Let me see. I just got a text message on something. <laughs> One of my agent friends, a nice little one-liner with an LOL. Not a, not a right. scoop, unfortunately. Right. Uh, trying to think what else, Judley. Uh, Dave St. Peter right now in, in Orlando with Joe Polad, Jim Polad. Major League Baseball's owners are meeting for the next few days. Let's hope. To what? I know Put there's a not a lot of optimism. In the judge, season? Can the owners come to some sort of agreement to make the players a new offer by as soon as Friday? Can we somehow move this thing along? I feel horrible. I was over at Gopher Baseball practice last Thursday. They had actually a scrimmage. It was fun over in the, in the Rod Wallace indoor facility. And I love catching up with my guy, John Anderson. Grateful he's back for a 41st year. But John told me, the Gophers are supposed to scrimmage the Twins, an exhibition game, on February 25th. Like, no chance that's happening. I feel bad. Triple A guys, though? Like the, so the, 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 the guys who are with the Saints and below that will go to Florida for uh, some spring training, correct? Yeah, but I was Minor told that Major League Baseball told teams you can't push up those dates. So okay. typically those non-40-man guys – yeah, there will be some guys, non 40 man, invited to big league spring training, but sure. I don't know if there will be enough guys down there. John actually did bring that up. Judd, he did say he wonders if there might be enough guys down there where they can make something happen. And the Gophers need to be down there anyway. They have a series starting on the 26th against Florida Gulf Coast. So yeah. it's not like they're going out of their way to be in Fort Myers on February 25th. But John did wonder about that if there might be some minor leaguers. You know, guys in minor league contracts where they might be able to to put things together for for some sort of game. The Twins mini camp, they had a bunch of guys down in Fort Myers. I was with Louis Varland, the Twins minor league pitcher of the year. He's from Maplewood. He went mm-hmm. to Concordia St. Paul Twins 15th round draft pick a couple of years ago. He's climbing the ladder in the organization. I was watching him throw mid-January. He told me he was leaving on Sunday the 16th or Monday the 17th. For like a three, four week mini camp. But by February 25th, I would think that mini camp would be done. But I guess I can check if guys maybe are staying down there an extended period. The Twins do have those facilities right there on their campus, the Lee County Sports Complex campus, where they have all those dormitory, you know, rooms where, you know, guys can just bunk up there. So maybe they are convincing guys to stay longer. I will, I will certainly check on that. But my hope is St. Peter, the poll ads, you know, hopefully they have a voice. Today, tomorrow, Thursday in Orlando, that some sort of progress can be made. But like you, I'm not very optimistic. All right, sir. We'll talk to you Thursday with Phil uh, on the show on Mackie and Judd, okay? Okay, sounds good, Judd. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.